Amen. Say, I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. You may be seated. Open your Bible to Revelation chapter 12. Open your Bible with me to Revelation chapter 12. I'm going to pick off where, where I left off last week. Revelation chapter 12. And if you follow along in my notes with me, you can go to the YouVersion Bible app on the events section and find my notes for today. Go ahead and download them and save them to your device and you can follow along with me or look at them at a later date. And as always, we put all our messages on the podcast for free so that you can get the message and grow because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we put all of our messages on our website and the podcast for free so you can grow in your faith. Amen. Say, I am an overcomer. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. Now, one of the things about the book of Revelation the main theme is the revelation of Jesus Christ, is a revealing of Jesus. When you read chapter 1, the book of Revelation is concerning things of the past, things of that present, and things concerning the future. So you have to rightfully divide the word of truth, you have to rightfully divide the book of Revelation, and see when is it talking about. One of the things we're looking at right now is co connected to the past as well as into an event in the future. And says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, that's Satan. And the dragon fought in his angels, his demons, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. So this talks about when Satan was cast out of heaven eons ago. What happened next? He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with them. But what was the phrase before that? It says, Satan, which deceives the whole world. Verse 10 says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Just as that song said, Jesus won the victory, and you are now an overcomer. But notice three things Satan does. He deceives. He accuses. Deceive means to get some, someone to believe something that is not true. Accuser is one who charges with an offense, crime, or sin. In John 8, Jesus calls Satan a liar and the father of lies. So three things Satan does. He accuses. He deceives and he lies. Say so he accuses, he deceives, and he lies. You are to overcome him and the words that come out of his mouth. So you are to overcome Satan and you are to overcome his deception, his accusations, and his lies. Because if you do not, he will use that deception, those accusations, and those lies to label you and limit you. The whole purpose of Satan's deception, his accusation, and his lies is to put a label on you and to limit you. Today's message is called, To Hell with Hell's Labels. So look at your neighbor and say, To Hell with Hell's Labels. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 44. It says, in whom the God of this world, Satan, doesn't mean big case G. It means he rules this world system. He controls the systems of this world. Has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan is the God of this world. And as ruler of this world's systems, he will use this world, its systems, and its people to label you. Those labels are composed of deception, lies, and accusations. If you let Satan label you, he will limit you. If you let Satan label you, he will limit you. So we said he accuses, he deceives, and he lies. So let's deal with his accusations first. The accusations he throws at you and about you are based on facts. He's not accusing you of things that you didn't do. It's based on facts. It's a legal term. He's not just appearing in a courtroom saying and making up stuff. And this time, he is accusing you based on facts. As we said before, to accuse is to charge with sin, crime, or offense. To accuse is to charge with sin, crime, or offense. Now, the thing is, you may be guilty of what he's accusing you of. Go to Romans chapter 4. You may be guilty of the accusation, but don't say, I'm guilty. Go to Romans chapter 4. He accuses, he deceives, and he lies. I got to teach a little bit before I get to the part I really want to get to. Romans chapter 4, verse 24. I'm going to go by this a decent amount of time, but if you want more on the subject, look at the podcast with a message, Love and Blood, and you'll see it a little bit more. Verse 24 of Romans 4 says, But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses. Jesus was delivered for our what? So he died for our sins, our crimes, and our offenses. Remember, Satan is accusing you of crimes and offenses and sin. Jesus died, we celebrate this in two weeks, for your crimes and your offenses and your sins. And was raised again for our justification. This word impute means to count against, ascribe, or attribute, or regard as belonging to someone. So just like Abraham was declared righteous for believing, so are you. Jesus died for our sins, our crimes, and our offenses, but he was raised for our justification. The word justification means the action of declaring righteous or acquittal. The word justification is the act of declaring righteous or acquittal. Simply, an acquittal is a judgment ruling that the person is not guilty. An acquittal is a judgment ruling that that person is not guilty. Jesus paid the price for your sins, and God has declared you not guilty. As a result, Satan's accusations have no merit. After you ask God for forgiveness, 
Because the Bible says, judge yourself and you will not be judged. How do you judge yourself, believer? You were, when you mess up, you repent. God, I missed it. I messed up. I ask you, forgive me. And you forgive me because you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. You just judged yourself. Now what happens? You won't be judged. And what does God say? Not guilty. So the accuser would say, they did this. They did that. And God said, not guilty. Satan has a rap sheet. Look at their crimes. Look at their sins. Look at their offenses. Judge, won't you do right? And God says, not guilty. So, it is biblically inaccurate for you to feel guilty. Once you repent, you're not supposed to feel guilty. Why? God, when he forgives you, he forgets it. Not like some people. Some people say, I forgive you, but when I forget, God actually forgets. The blood of Jesus washed away your sins. It was strong enough. So when God sees you, he sees you pure, holy, innocent, and as perfect as Jesus himself. So if God doesn't say you're guilty, why do you think you're guilty? God has declared you not guilty. So Satan knows that in the court of heaven, you're not guilty. But he'll still accuse you to make you believe that you are guilty. And if you believe his accusations, you will label yourself and you will be limited. Even though his accusations have no merit. Because you believe Satan's accusations, you're going to wear a scarlet letter for the rest of your life. Thinking, somehow I have to get past my past. When Jesus already dealt with your past. There's nothing too big, nothing too great that the blood could not cover. God has said you're not guilty, so you need to start saying the same thing. Say, I am not guilty. I am righteous. Righteousness is your standing. You'll never be more righteous than you are right now. Once you're born again, you've been made the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. No matter how much you mess up, no matter what you do, no matter what you do right, you cannot change your standing. You'll never be more righteous or less righteous than you are right now. Righteousness is your standing while holiness should be your conduct. Now, you may be righteous doing some jacked up things, but it didn't change your standing, and you need to elevate your conduct to the place of your standing. Look at chapter 5, verse 21 of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Satan accuses, he deceives, and he lies. You cannot give any credence to his accusations. Because his accusations will bring labels, and those labels will bring limits. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he, the Father, has made him Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous, righteousness of God in him. Before you were saved, you were a sinner. Once you received Jesus, you became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are not an old sinner saved by grace. That is an oxymoron. You're either an old sinner or you're saved by grace. Because if you think you're both, you're thinking the blood of Jesus did a half job. The blood was enough. 
You're not an old sinner anymore. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, you must know it and you must believe it. If you want to live life as an overcomer, you must believe that you are righteous. Because if you keep believing that you are guilty, you'll never get victory in your life. Because then you'll begin to believe that every bad thing that happens to me is because I did something wrong. Then you'll live your life thinking, oh, the judge is trying to strike me down. He's going to zap me with a lightning bolt. He's going to get me. God's going to get me. God's going to get me. That's unbiblical. God said you're not guilty, so why is he trying to get you? That would be an unjust judge. He's a just judge and said you're not guilty. Now, why is this so important? Satan's lies and deception are fueled by believers' ignorance. Satan's lies and deceptions are fueled by believers' ignorance. What did God say in the Old Testament? My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Or my people are destroyed because of ignorance. You could be well-meaning. You could love God. You could worship God. You could pray in the Holy Ghost. But you're still being destroyed. So if you do not know what God says about you, you will accept Satan's label and be limited in this life and never live life as an overcomer. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think of yourself guilty, you're going to do guilty things. If you think of yourself as a sinner, you are going to sin. If you think of yourself as whatever Satan's yelling at you, that is what you're going to do. You can't think that way. You have to know who you are in Christ. One of the reasons I have in that faith kiosk we have out there, I have certain books. You'll see some books are in there because I counsel from those books. But there's some other books over there that if you want to grow in your faith, those are some basic books you start out with. In that faith kiosk, we have an in him book. It's about 99 cents. It has all the scripture references of who you are in Christ. So that you read them, start thinking over them, you're going to see who you are. Because if you start putting that in, you won't be listening to the accusations of the enemy. Because Satan will send his accusations, his lies, and his deceptions through thoughts that sound like you. Because if he came in with a pitchfork and horns and a tail, you ain't going to listen to him. But if it sounds like you, if it sounds like, well, you know what you did yesterday, so you should just take the bath. Yep, just go ahead and take the L. You know how you messed up last week. You know what you did 20 years ago. It'll be in your voice. Or he's also slick. It'll be in the voice of your parents or your grandparents. If you had people who didn't feed life into you and encourage you, he'll just replay those thoughts for the rest of your life. See, they told you you were nothing. See, you're nothing right now because they told you they're nothing. They're right. So they'll play those voices again and again and again and again and again. Accusations. You're nothing because you did this. You're guilty. Go to Romans chapter 12. Because the point of sending thoughts your way is not just to fill your mind, but it's to get you to say them. Because if you think it, then you say it, then you will label and limit yourself. It's the battlefield of the mind to control your tongue. Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. 
So if you go around and start talking about you're guilty, that you're a sinner, that you're nothing, that you're worthless, that the blood wasn't enough for you, you're going to live that life. Romans chapter 12, what do you do? Verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to this world, and don't be conformed to this world's labels. Do not listen to the roar of the crowd and the yells of hell telling you who you are. Your identity must come from the Word of God. You must define yourself by what God says about you. You can't let the world define you because if they define you, they will limit you. And if they can define you, they will control you. So if you take your cues of who you are from every movie, every TV show, every news report, you won't look anything like the Bible. Do not be conformed to the world or the world's labels. When you renew or renovate your mind with the Word of God, you'll be able to live the overcoming life. Renovating your mind with the Word transforms you. So what you should do every time you hear a message like this, you either save these notes or you take your own notes, and that day you look at them again. Through the week, you look at them again. What are you doing? You're renovating your mind. Say, hey, this is who I am in Christ. You say those scriptures out loud. You are changing your mindset because renewing your mind or renovation doesn't take place overnight. Even if you renovate the house, even if you have one of those TV shows where they renovate, that's not in one day. They may edit it to 28 minutes and 30 seconds, but that did not happen in one day. That happened over weeks of time. How much more a mind that's had a mindset for 40 years? It takes time to renew your mind. It takes time to renovate your mind. You have to go over these things again and again and again and again and again until it comes out your mouth, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Where that comes out your mouth, not the labels of hell. The word renovated mind is the overcomer 3D glasses we talked about last week. A more scriptural term is your helmet of salvation. It helps you keep your head in the battles of life. It helps you keep your mind right. So what have you been labeled? What have you listened to? You see, there's deception and there's lies. So you got the accusations that's based on facts. But then the world and Satan will try to label you and limit you because of things that have happened to you that aren't your fault. Things that were done to you. Things that you've encountered. Things that you've gone through. It wasn't your fault you went through those things. But after you got through it, they try to label you. Go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Say, I am an overcomer. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he, Jesus, went out of Jericho with the disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, 
the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. What's his label? Blind Bartimaeus. Not just Bartimaeus who was blind. He is labeled blind Bartimaeus. He is labeled a beggar. It's not his fault he's blind. He didn't make himself blind. There's no context here that says it's his fault. But he's been labeled. What have you been labeled? Victim. You went through stuff, so now you're scarred. Broken. You're trying to cope, so you got addicted to something. You went through a 12-step program, but now they're just saying you're a recovering addict. You're still an addict. You're labeled. And some of these labels aren't your fault. But Satan is yelling them every single day. And he'll use the crowd to yell these same labels. So what happens? And when blind Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Notice he didn't say, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. He said, Jesus, son of David, which lets you know he's already heard of Jesus. He already believes in Jesus. And saying son of David means he believes in who Jesus is. So when he says son of David, he's invoking his covenant. When he says son of David, he's invoking the power of God. So he's crying out for a difference. Now what happened? And many charged him that he should hold his peace, or they said, shut up. Stay in your place. Be content with your label. We've labeled you. Stay there. Don't ask Jesus to take you out of your label and your limitation. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise. People are special. They're fickle. They're one day for you, one day against you. He's calling for you. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now, why is that important? You see, the garment wasn't just a garment. It was his caste system. The garment was the official garment that said you are a beggar. So when Jesus called for him, he already cried out in faith. Jesus called for him. He took off his limitation. He took off his label and threw it away. And Jesus answered and said unto him, what will you that I should do unto you? Because he could want a handout. Jesus is getting him to use his faith. He says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go your way. What? Your faith has made you whole. He didn't say my power did it. He says your faith did it. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. His faith, how did he use his faith? When he cried out for Jesus and when he threw off his label. When he refused to be labeled, when he refused to be limited, when he cried out based on the word of God of who Jesus is, the power of God met his faith and delivered him and took him out of his limitation. His faith made him whole. Jesus doesn't want you to be broken, limited by your label, 
or confined in that. He wants you to be whole. Now, see, the thing is with people, after you receive your healing, after you receive your deliverance, after you receive your wholeness, the crowd will still try to label you what you used to be, even though Jesus is already taking care of that. So what happens is, Devon, help me for a second. He's Bartimaeus. He's healed. He's whole. He's delivered. But what people will do, they'll watch. I don't know if that really took hold. I really don't know if that worked. You know, we've seen you that way for your whole life. What do you mean you're healed? What do you mean you're delivered? What do you, what do you mean you're whole? We know you better than you know yourself. We watched you grow up. What do you mean Jesus set you free? And so what the crowd will try to do is put your garment and your label back on you. But you know what you need to do when the crowd tries to put your label back on you? It's really simple. James Brown it. When they put it on you, I can't dance like him, so I'm not going to try. You throw it off. Why? They don't get to label you. They don't get to define you. Jesus said you're healed. Jesus said you're delivered. Jesus said you are whole. So never pick up that garment again. Be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus who he's called you to be. Throw off every label. Throw off every limitation. Look in the mirror every day and shout, I am an overcomer. Your past and your experiences don't get to label you. What you've been through does not define you. Your past does not determine your future. The only thing that determines your future is your choice to believe in what Jesus has done for you. Refuse the garment. Refuse the label. Stop listening to the crowd. Because every time the crowd will say, shut up, be content, stay where you are. Don't go after Jesus. He can't help that. That's just how you need to be. But your faith will make you hope. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you keep listening to this Word. You keep listening again and again and again. Faith rises in your heart. You throw off your garment and say, I'm never going back. Thank you. Go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Refuse hell's labels. State who you are in Christ. Mark chapter 5, verse 24. This is not something you do on Sunday. something you do every day. Every single day. I'm an overcomer. I'm loved by him. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I have self-control. I control myself. I control my anger. I control my thoughts. I'm not bound to anyone. I'm not bound to anything. I am a free person in Christ Jesus. Give yourself definitions based on the Word of God. Mark chapter 5, verse 24. Last example. And Jesus went with him, Jairus, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. Now, she's labeled too. She's labeled unclean. For 12 years, they've called her unclean. 
That is her label, and that is her limitation. Because of that label, she was supposed to stay in her house and never leave until somehow magically she got better. Her label and her limitation would have kept her there for the rest of her life. And she had suffered many things of many doctors and had spent everything she has, and now she's broke. And it was nothing better, but rather grew worse. So over 12 years, she spent all of her money, and now it was getting worse every day. When she had heard of Jesus, she didn't just hear about Jesus, she heard and believed. For she had said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be what? Now, she heard Jesus could heal, but also in the synagogue growing up, she probably heard Malachi 4.2, that when the Son of Righteous rises, there will be healing in his wings. That word wings means the border of his garment. So she heard when the Messiah shows up, when the anointed one shows up, there's going to be healing in his garment. That's why she kept saying to herself, if I can touch his garment, I'll be healed, I'll be whole. What is she doing? Using her faith. Now, her faith got her to a point, I can't stay in my house any longer. I can't stay in my limit any longer. I can't stay in my label any longer. What does she do? And she went her way and pressed behind to touch his garment. Now, what happened? There's a crowd around Jesus. It's such a crowd, everybody's touching him. When Jesus stops, says, who touched me? And Peter's like, dude, all these people around you, and you're asking, who touched you? Come on, diva Jesus, we need to get it together. What are you talking about? But there's something about the touch of faith that can lay hold to the power of God. But notice what she had to do. Devon, I'll let you use it again. You can be Jesus this time. <laughs> Go from Bartimaeus to Jesus. You stand right here. This is Jesus right here. The woman's labeled unclean. She's been using her faith. She believes. But between her and her miracle is a crowd. Sometimes there's labels of the crowd and people between you and your miracle. Here's what you need to do. Excuse me. Excuse me. I know you got something to say, but I don't care. Excuse me. I have to get to Jesus. I have to get my miracle. I have to get my breakthrough. I don't care what you have to say about it. I don't care what you labeled me in the past. I don't care what limit you try to put me in to hell with hell's labels. I will be whole because that's what belongs to me because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am an overcomer. I will not be defeated. I will not quit. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what you have to do. You have to learn to press. You have to learn to push. You have to learn to not quit. Do not give up. Believe who you are and press. Thanks, Steve. Someone shout, I am an overcomer. Stop letting hell limit you. Stop listening to the accusations of the enemy. Stop listening to his lies. Because they'll start saying, well, you can't because of this. That's a lie. 
So you just need to say, well, if you said I can't, that must mean I can. You can never have a good relationship because of your parents. That must mean I can have a great relationship. You're never going to get better. That means my best days are ahead of me. You know, you're going to be broke because everybody in your family for generations has been broke. That must mean I'm about to be the richest person in my family's history. You have to talk back. You can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You have to open your mouth and speak the Word of God. How often until your thoughts change? Until you, you wake up Monday morning, oh, I'm so tired. I don't know what I'm going to do. Stop saying that. I'm an overcomer. I can do all things. I've got grace on my life. I've got the anointing. He loves me. This is the day that the Lord has made, so I will rejoice and be glad in it. Start your day with confessions and declarations of faith based on the Word of God. Put that in your heart. Put that in your mind till you stand tall and Satan can't move you. You have to renew your mind to that. You have to believe what God says about you and call yourself what Jesus calls you. That's what you need to do every day. Not just on Sunday when it's easy, when you have a lot of faith people around you. Every day. Especially right after you mess up. Don't go, oh, I'll wait a few hours for God not to be mad at me. Nope. I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. You've confessed your sin, you've repented, I am righteous. I am holy. I am forgiven. I am clean. I am washed by the blood of the Lamb. I overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I'm not going backwards. I'm not being ruled by temptation because blood has been shed. I have the victory. You don't just do it when you feel spiritual. You don't just do it when you feel like a faith giant. You do it when you feel weak and tired and unanointed. A lot of times people say, oh, you must feel the anointing on you preach. Usually no. Not a thing. There have been times we had mighty moves with God. Oh, pastor, you must have felt it. I felt nothing. What do you mean? We saw all these things happen. That's faith. I knew he's with me because he said it. He told me what to do. I step out. There it is. That's faith. It's not just for church. It's for every day. For the just shall live by faith. Faith is your lifestyle. So in order to have a victory or overcoming lifestyle, you must be in the Word every day and declare what God says about you. You have to renovate your mind to the fact that you are an overcomer. As we said last week, put those glasses on. See everything as beatable. Everything in front of you, I can conquer it. Because the greater one, the comforter, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And by association and position alone, he's made you greater than anything you ever face in your life. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Stand to your feet. Someone shout, I am an overcomer. Come on, shout it like you believe it. One more time. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The blood has made me clean. God has declared me not guilty. I am forgiven. I am clean. 
The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. He has made me an overcomer. He has made me more than a conqueror. I was born again to win. I'm not going to take another L. I, my life will not be defined by losing. My life will not be defined by my past. To hell with hell's labels. I receive what God says about me. I am an overcomer. I am a victor, not a victim. I am blessed, not cursed. I am prosperous, not broke. I am healed, not sick. I am whole, not broken. I am restored. I am strong. I am anointed. I am an overcomer. Now shout unto God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 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 Glory to God forevermore. Glory to God forevermore. We lift our hands in victory. That's what we do. Because he's triumphed. We've won. We don't lift our hands off. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Nope. We won. We win. We won. We win. We overcome. We got the victory. Nathan, sing me something real quick. Something along those lines. We're on the winning side. We have the victory. I give you glory. I give you praise. overcomer. You're an overcomer. 
Before I do the altar call, if you're struggling with some type of addiction, either you've beaten it in the past and now you're struggling with it today, or you've never gotten the victory over it, but you said, I'm an overcomer. I want the power of God to hit me. I'm going to live the overcoming life from now on. If that's you, come forward. If you're struggling with an addiction today, come forward. I'm going to pause right now before we go on to give you an opportunity. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't have to call it out. We just want to give you an opportunity to win. Well, every head bow, every eye close in prayer. No one moving or walking unless I sign you to do so. Every head bow, every eye close in prayer.